Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. We started a series, well, I think three weeks ago, called The Spirit of the Book. Just stay with me. I'll let these guys keep getting it all together because there's a lot going on. But 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 6 says this. It says, who's made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit. Listen to it. Because the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. You probably know someone, I hope it's not many, but you probably know a Christian who seems to know a lot of the Bible and yet has missed the spirit of the Bible. They can quote you a verse, but they're judgmental or critical or negative or just a whole lot of stuff like that. And whilst you want to applaud their words, you certainly don't feel like you can applaud their spirit. We must have not just the knowledge of this book, we need to grow in the spirit of the book. And so the very first Sunday I spoke on being people that take the first step. That's certainly one of the things that is the spirit of the book. Then the last two Sundays, I took two Sundays to speak on the spirit of faith. Today I want to talk to you about growth. I believe that it's one of the very first things that God set in motion in the whole of creation was that there would be an increase and that there would be growth. There is something about humanity that understands I'm meant to grow. We see it right across every single arena of human life. We want our children to grow. We want them to grow in in education, in intellect, in maturity. There's almost no area where we don't expect that growth will continue to be part of, of the landscape for our future. And so I want to speak to you about that today. First Peter chapter 2 and verse 2 says this, As newborn babes desire the pure, sincere milk of the Word. That's the Word of God. Desire the sincere milk of the Word that you may grow thereby. In other words, God says, I don't want you just to accumulate knowledge. I don't want you just to add more stuff in, more resources. You can get more things, but are you growing as an individual? God says that you may grow thereby. I believe that God is not so much interested in our accumulation as He is in our growth. But here's a a truth that many of us won't want to hear, is that most, if not all, of your growth will come as the result of restriction in your life. Psalm 4, verse 1. Listen to this fabulous verse that everyone will want to claim. Psalm 4.1 says this, Hear me when I call, O God of my righteousness. You have enlarged me when I was in distress. Now, I don't believe that God sends every pain or every problem. I do know that no matter what pain or problem I'm in, the aim of God for me while I'm in that is that I would be enlarged. Now, it's interesting that the Hebrew word for distress there actually doesn't mean an emotional state. He's not talking about when you cry yourself to sleep at night. It actually simply means a narrow place. It means a place that is tight. In other words, it's not an emotional state God's referring to, but any limitation or restriction. God says when you are in a tight place, 
when you're in a place of limitation. He says, that's the place I want you to grow. Now, there are two ways that limitation can come to our life. Obviously, the first one is our circumstances. Stuff can happen. I'd like to be able to advance. I'd like to be able to do this. There's an opportunity, I guess, across this crowd. There would be hundreds of you that have got a dream, but at the moment, finance doesn't permit it. Or maybe health doesn't permit it. Or maybe there's a relationship issue and you go, Jeff, I'd love to do it, but right now I just can't. Well, let me take you to the story everyone knows, I would imagine, the story of Joseph, chapter 39 of Genesis, verse 2, says this, And the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man. Now, if I was saying that to someone who's just been appointed CEO of the company, somebody who's just been elected to some civic office, somebody who's just been given the best and fairest medal in their athletics, you would understand why God says that the Lord was with him and he was a successful man. But it goes on and says, but and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. He has gone there as a slave. He is not someone at the top of the tree. He's at the absolute bottom of the pile. He's not someone who's got it all going on. He's someone who outwardly has got none of it going on. The end of that chapter, after he's thrown into jail unjustly, not even convicted because he never had a trial, but just at the whim of his master that he was so good to, he's been thrown into jail. And verse 23 says this, the warden of the prison had no more worries because Joseph took care of everything. The Lord was with him and caused everything he did to succeed. Here is a guy who outwardly has got nothing going right, everything's going wrong, and yet God looks at him and says, you're a success. Obviously, God views success quite differently to the way people do. Obviously, God doesn't call success about it. your bank balance, your awards, your achievements, your popularity. But God looks at my inner life and sees whether I'm growing. If I'm growing, God says, you're a success. So I can be in the worst place, the most difficult place. I can be in a place that everybody around about me goes, you have obviously, you know, had 18 black cats, walked under 17 ladders, broke 55 mirrors, or all the other nonsense that people think brings bad luck. I just know that Jesus said, in this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So I know that trials and tests are going to come to every life, no matter who you are. You will not get through this life without encountering a problem or some obstacle or some difficulty. However, in the midst of all of those, you and I can grow. I can be a success no matter what's going on in my life. I spoke to a friend of mine yesterday just about to get discharged out of hospital. His second visit there. All these problems that I had. He's had loss, he's had pain, he's had things go wrong. And with a, a faint and frail sounding voice, he said to me yesterday, this has been the most precious of times. And you go, well, obviously, you're not thinking very hard. But he said to me, today I had the wonderful privilege of leading a young man to Christ in the hospital. So tell me, is he a failure because of all that's going on in his body right now? 
or ears to hear success because in the middle of all that, his eyes are on a different place. Amen. His eyes are looking at something completely different. Come on. Maybe today you've got some circumstances and you might say, Jeff, how dare you? How dare you tell me that in the midst of all this, God is at work. But I'm telling you, God mightn't have said it, but I know that if you and I will grow in the midst of restriction in our life, I know that God will look at us and go, you're a success. He was a successful man, but he's in jail for goodness sake. Come on. You and I can believe that for our life. So limitation can come through our circumstance. But I want to spend most of my time today talking to you about another area where limitation can come that maybe you haven't given a whole lot of thought to. And that's this, that the Word of God, this book of the Bible, this book brings a measure of limitation to my life. This book has got things to say about the way I live and I mightn't like them. This book has got things to say. It doesn't say it for all the people that are out there. Christians aren't meant to judge the world. We're only meant to judge ourselves. Just thought I'd throw that in. It's up to Jesus one day. He says he'll come back. He'll judge the living and the dead. In the meantime, our job is to love everybody we can love, reach everybody we can reach, share Christ with everyone we can share Christ with. That's what our job is. But I know that this word for me as a believer, when I was an unbeliever, when I didn't know Christ, it didn't mean anything to me. I could take the Lord's name in vain. I could do all kinds of stuff. I could just promote Jeff and do whatever was best for Jeff. I could live how I like, indulge every pleasure. But when I come to Christ, all of a sudden this book begins to bring restriction around about my life. Now, I know that you're going to shout and cheer at this one today. You're going to go, well, I really love that message. Thank you, Pastor. Uh, Thank you for just uh, making me happy today. The Word of God brings a measure of restriction. Look at Galatians chapter 3, verse 24. It says this, The law was like those Greek tutors with which you are familiar, who escort children to school and protect them from danger or distraction, making sure, watch this, making sure the children will really get to the place they set out for. God says His Word is designed to bring some restriction in order that I will get to the place that I set out for. If I ask you today, who wants to grow? Every hand, I'm sure, will go up. Who like increase in your life? Oh, yes, amen, praise God. But that all depends on how I respond to restriction in my life, either circumstances or the Word of God. Follow me a minute. Here, believe it or not, are all the rules of the Australian Football League, the AFL. They're in there. There's hundreds and hundreds of them. Here's all the rules of tennis in Australia. This one here, that's all the rules of rugby league. Real. I had them printed out. Thank you, Kate. Because she's married to a rev head. Here's all the rules of the V8 supercars. Not so many for that. I think rule number one, go faster than everybody else. There's the rules of soccer. Good Lord, if you play soccer, you've got the biggest of the lot. And no one even understands them. Anyone explain the offside rule? No one knows. The, the rules of cricket. Let's move quickly on from that one. Uh, the rules of basketball is whoever's got the most points wins. Uh, 
They're all the rules of the sport. Here's Ghana's modern English usage book. I actually own this. This is a book of rules about English. Ask me how much of it I've read. It's pretty complex, but it's interesting in a weird kind of way. Here, Beethoven's Symphony Number no. 9, that's the conductor's score. Got that from the Conservatorium of Music, I believe. And it's quite thick and it's got every instrument and every note that's got to get played. That's in there. Here's a couple of things that, again, I got given years ago. That's two scripts of the West Wing TV series. Proper ones. They're not reprints. This is like they used these. There's little notes and whatever in them. Think about it a minute. All this stuff here is Britain's War Requiem. Bella Bartok. Who doesn't love a bit of Bella Bartok? <laughs> no, I know Bella Bartok. Well, I don't know him because he's dead, but I mean, I know his stuff. It's strange. Uh, anyway. But think about it a minute. Here's all these books that every single one of you thinks is a good thing. Everybody here, nobody wants to watch a game of AFL where there are no rules, where there's no offside, where you can do whatever you like, you can tackle them, who cares? We've got rid of the rules, we don't need the rules anymore because we are modern. We, have, we are living above all that, brother. We don't need rules anymore. No, I'm just going to drive however I like in a V8 super. Do you know that you can't put any motor you like into a V8 supercar? You can't put a V10 in it. You can't even, matter of fact, they limit, I think, the amount of horsepower that you're even allowed to have. And you go like, hello, I thought we were just supposed to get there. No, they've got all this stuff. And if your car doesn't measure up to every single detail, they won't let you start the race. And you go, hold on a second here, brother. Don't you understand? I don't live by your rules. I'm under grace. I drive however I like. Can you imagine Beethoven's Ninth, where all of a sudden the clarinetist says to the oboist, you know, I'm tired of just having to play these notes. I'll play them a hundred times. I'm sick, I'm going to play whatever I like. And so jazz... But you know, as Reverend Dr. Michael Battersby, who's got a doctorate in jazz or something, ask him tonight, as he would tell you, even jazz has got form. Even jazz, you can't just kind of go and say, I'll play whatever I like. Apparently, you've got to fit in. And I look at all this stuff here and I go, so when it comes to our sport, we want rules. When it comes to our language, we want words that mean something so we can understand them. When it comes to our music, we want, uh, we want notes so that we can have the right sound at the end. When it comes to our TV or our movies, you don't want to watch a movie where, you know, they said director, schmerector. Who gives a rip what he says or she says? We're just going to ad-lib the whole thing. Huh? Huh? Tom Cruise in Maverick. God, forget the plane. I'm going to do it as if it was a bicycle. Huh? So we go, we want rules for all that stuff. But when it comes to life, we say, I don't want any rules at all. When it comes to the most important things in all of your world, 
Stay there. When it comes to the most important things, which is not sport, and it's not music, sorry to, to tear down your little tower, and it's not your movies, and it's not your TV, and it's not your, even the language rules. But for the most important things in life, how I do family, how I raise children, how I live my life, the career choices I make, what I do with my money. For all those things, I want to say, forget rules. I want them for everything else in life. None of you want to drive home today on a road where there are no rules. Where green might mean stop and red might mean go. None of you want that. Yet when it comes to life and the things that matter the most, I've chucked that out. I've gone, no, we'll be free. Hallelujah. Lord, I'm just, I'm living by grace. Amazing grace. And I want to live a life that says no more restriction. Remember what we started with? If you want to grow, most of your growth will come from restriction. Now, if you are a Christian and this book has never brought restriction to your life, you have not been reading it. Come on. I know you're quiet today because the Holy Spirit is tapping lots of people on lots of shoulders. And we're all going, mm, yeah, well, I read that. I don't like that. Tithe. I don't believe in tithing. I don't believe in tithing. But I want to watch a TV show where there's a script. We don't want to sport without rules. We don't want to language without rules. And yet we as a, as a society... Think about this matter. I'm not, I'm not going to legalism, but neither am I going to license. Because there's one in the middle also starts with all called liberty. And you can go to legalism and sadly some Christians go there and it's all about rules. You must and you have to and all that sort of stuff. And some people throw all that off and go to the other end of the spectrum and it's all about license. I can do whatever I like. Hello, brother. Who cares? God doesn't mind. I've had people say to me, God doesn't mind that I'm sleeping around. After all, I'm under grace. Well, there's something in the middle called liberty. And this book is here so that I arrive at the place that I set out for. There's rules for everything else but life, it seems to me. One more thing. This week, I made this. It's a mango, lime, and pineapple, I think, jelly with 12 Freddo frogs in it. Just because you can never have too much sugar in your life. And I made it in three layers and it took a fair amount of effort. And this was the mould that I put it in. I didn't have a jelly mould because even though it was a family heirloom, Rhonda had given it away. (laughs) 
I went to one of the major stores and I said to the lady, I said, do you sell jelly molds? And she looked at me like I'd stepped off the ark. And she was about my age and she said to me, my grandma used to have one. I said, you want your knife back? What is this? So in the end, I thought, what a work. I thought, I'll I'll, I'll use this cake tin. So I, I put it in there and I made the first layer. Followed the recipe on the, I followed the rules on the side of the aeroplane jelly packet. I didn't just go, rules, who cares? I'm just, hey, I'm Jeff the chef. <laughs> I, I sang to the jelly, I am not under law, but under grace. And just make it however like, no, I didn't do that. I followed the rules. It said, Put the powder into a jug, put in a cup of boiling water, stir that up, then add 200 mils of cold water. And then you let it sit for a little bit, spray the inside of this with vegetable oil, whatever, and then on you go and you do that. Then I put it in the fridge when the first layer set, I went and did the whole thing again with a different flavour, let that set, come back, do the whole thing again with a different flavour. It took some time. But I had another jelly that went, I don't like your rules. I don't want to be in a mould. No one's going to make me fit into their mould. Hello, I'm breaking the mould. Now, I don't know about you, but I've got a sneaking suspicion that if I ask you to pick which one of these two you want to eat, it's probably not going to be this one. Rhonda did tell me to put glad wrap on it. She said the bugs will get on. I go, nah, be right. But there's protein in there. <laughs> if you came to my home for dinner and I serve you that, you're going to look at it and go, what is the matter with him? Here's your dessert. Lick it up. <laughs> See, this is the one that didn't want to be put into a mold. I'm a little tired of Christians going, you know, I just don't want to be in a box, Pastor. Really? Well, that depends who made the box. If it's God who made it, I'm going to fit it. Amen? If he says to me, Jeff, this is what your destiny looks like. And there's restriction, because trust me, if you say yes to Jesus and yes to his call for your life, you better believe it'll bring some restriction to your life. Come on. But there's bad rules that are just made by man for useless just because they can be there. But then there are things that God says, these are for your betterment. These are things that are there to help you make sure you get to where you set out for. Which one do you want to have? I'm pretty sure you want this one over here that fitted into a mold. That was willing to be formed and took time because it's way more attractive than that one. And that's the deal, isn't it? That when I allow God to form me, he makes something attractive out of my life. When I start going, God, I don't want to do that and I don't want to do that. So when the Word of God addresses your lifestyle, hello, are you all with me here still? 
How many have already gone, I didn't like this message when he started it, I still don't like it. When the Word of God addresses your morals, we're living in a world where we just go, you know what, who cares? And I'm, I'm not telling the world how they ought to live because they're the world. But I am going to say this is what God says. The Bible says to be honest. Amen. To have integrity in your business transactions. Just recently, somebody was, they had undercharged me for something. When I pointed out to them that they had made a mistake, they went, wow, really? But why did you tell me that? And I looked at them, I said, because my integrity is worth more than that little bit of money. Amen. But that's the Word of God forming me and not just allowing, you know, the world. How you got to, who it's a bonus. Woo-hoo. When the Word of God addresses your lifestyle, your morals or your character, God's not trying to prevent us becoming something. He's trying to help us to become what He designed us to be. Amen. Don't make the mistake of having rules for all these other bits of your life but then when it gets to the most important things, you throw them out. When God wants to fit you into his mould, it's because when you're finished, you'll look attractive. You'll be desirable. You won't look like just a leftover bit of mess. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for helping every single one of us in this place and online as well. Lord, there'd be lots of people here that have got something that you're tapping on. You've been saying to them, come on, fix that. Come on, get that right. We've resisted it, Lord. We've come up with every spiritual excuse we can come up with. All the reasons why we shouldn't have to and other people don't, they they do it. And they they say they're a Christian. Lord, why, how come? But Holy Spirit, thank you that you don't let us get away with things. Thank you that you work on us and with us so that we'll become something wonderful. So thank you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, you are so welcome in this place. We welcome you to speak to us, to help us. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. We didn't come here to have church. We came here, Holy Spirit, so that you would begin to mold us and prod us and poke at us Lord and fashion us and squeeze us in the bits, places where you want to bring change thank you for helping us today thank you Lord Father I pray for anybody in this place who doesn't yet know you, they haven't said yes to you yet they're still at that point Lord where they may be going, I'm not sure would you help them today Just while heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I don't know you all here. Maybe you as an individual today would say to me, Jeff, I don't know Jesus. Maybe you know a lot about Jesus. Or think you know a lot about Jesus. Maybe you know a lot of Christians and you might even know, been to church or whatever. But you go, Jeff, for me personally, I've never said yes to Jesus and today I want to. Then I want to pray with you right where you are. 
just right where you sit today. Online, I'll come to you in just a second as well. But whoever you are, if that's you, just while heads are bowed, eyes are closed, if that's you, would you like me to pray with you now to say yes to Jesus? Would you just slip your hand up wherever you are so that I can see it? And then put it back down again. I'll pray with you this morning, just wherever you are. Is there anyone like that? Just wherever you are this morning, I'm looking up in the balcony as well. Just wherever you are, you say, Jeff, that's me today. I want to say yes to Jesus. Jeff, I've known about God, but I haven't known Him for myself. And today I want to say yes to Him. Last time I'm asking, just looking around. Then look this way a minute. I know some of you will go, Jeff, just give me a couple of minutes. I I just need to think. Take all the time that you need to come to a yes. When you do, here's the best way you can start is to text YES, Y-E-S, to the number that's up there on the screen now, 0488-826-392. If you're in Australia, that's the number. If you'd rather get our help via email or you're outside of Australia, then you go to yes.metrochurch.org.au. Either way, all you got to do is say yes. We will stand the very next day. We get these every week. Almost every week, I think, in years we've been doing this, we'll get a yes from somebody. We had several a week or so ago. And I said to Pastor Bruce, I said, where they come from? He said, I don't know, all over Australia. Sometimes from other parts of the world where people are saying yes to Christ. I never think, well, it's just three letters. I go, no, that's an open heart. That's someone saying, Jesus, I want you in my life. When you do that, very next day, we'll send you a Bible verse. It's different every day, of course. We'll send you a prayer as well. It's different every day. It'll help you get started. When I say get started, it's not like you've got to learn, but you begin to learn about what you've done, what it means to be a Christian, what it means to be a follower of Jesus. We would love to help you on that journey. Text yes, 0488-826. 392 or yes.metrochurch.org.au. Of course, if you're with us on the metrochurch.online platform, then already that yes button's come up there for you. I pray that this week, lots of you will say yes to Christ. I pray that lots of us that are already Christians, aren't you glad? I don't know about the rest of you here. I'm always glad God doesn't let me away with stuff. You know what I mean? I never want to get to the point where I'm deaf to God. I'm deaf to His correction. I've said no so often, I don't hear Him anymore. I want Him to keep wrestling with me. I want Him to keep saying to me, come on, get this right. I believe He wants to do that for your life. In Jesus' name. Father, thank You for today. Thank You for Your Word, the Word of life. It's not the Word of death, it's the Word of life. When we allow it to speak to us, life comes good increase comes we become successful regardless of what restriction is around about us we thank you for that in Jesus name Amen Amen Pastor Bruce is going to be online to pray with people in a minute Solomon and Rosalind will be out in the prayer space you can go back there if you've got questions connect hub or at the prayer space someone will be there to help you congratulations again to uh, Brian and Anesu and all your family. Congratulations to Sid, to Tegan. Well done to all of you. And fantastic. I hope we see you tonight. 
with Reverend Dr. Michael Battersby and his team. We're going to have a great night of worship, communion as well. It'll be a phenomenal thing. And uh, I really encourage you to be a part of that. Come on, let's stand together. Team, we're going to leave us. We're going to worship our way out of this space. Cafe will be open out there in a minute. You can go out there and hang out for a little while. I think that probably the jelly might make an appearance. The spatula one, yeah, yeah, good. No, the other one, the good one. I think the other one I suspect no one's going to want to eat. Come on, let's worship. Come on, here we go. Thank you. Oh, come, my soul. Oh, don't you get shy on me, lift up your soul. Cause you got a lion inside of those bones. Get up and praise the Lord. That's a great word, a beautiful word. Hey, God bless you. Pastor Bruce online, God bless you. See you somewhere soon. Have a great, great day. Hope I see you tonight or next week. God bless. See you.